riding a car, and what are we on the 405? Where are we at? Uh, I think we're still on the 405. We're uh, going to Willow Springs. Uh, got a couple of my buddies in here. Our Grid Life Drift lead, Nick Swan, and our Grid Life uh, Do Everything, probably going to take over my job, hopefully. Mike, come. What's up, buddy? Same with that. <laughs> um, been talking with, uh, with Nick for a while. Nick's main gig is at Fortune Auto. Uh, and I'm actually going to put a set, a custom set of their coilovers on my hatchback real soon. Um, and I'm like, why aren't we just like talking about Fortune Auto stuff on the podcast instead? Yeah, I feel like everything we're about to talk about is like stuff we've already no, just gotten fine. into. But yeah, it's fine. Because fuck. <clears throat> Cone Con wasn't paying attention, right? No. So. Yeah, it's all new to me. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Yeah, if it's, uh, well, for the listeners, if you haven't heard it, it's new to you. So. Yeah. Um, and this is my first time on the, sh- on, on, on the podcast. Yeah. On the show, you know, so it's um, pretty cool. See, I think Abe uh, Botter is going to get a set of coils. I think Abe's going to get... I think we're doing five tens for him as well. I think that's what we set up for his eighth gen, right? He's yeah, it's a Mugen SI. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's right, Mugen SI. Yeah, so we're going to do five tens, and he got um, he got some spec recommendations from uh, the guys at Professional Awesome, which the nerds. I know you guys are really good friends with, and we, uh, Fortunato, have been working with Pro All for like years. Eight yeah. years or And they've done a lot for us, too. Like, that's... That's kind of like it, it really um, uh, harps on like what Fortune's built on. It's like uh, like for enthusiasts, by enthusiasts. Like everybody at Fortune Auto is like an enthusiast of some level, of some right. degree. Uh, so to get uh, to work with someone like Professional Awesome over the years has really helped us develop our product and uh, make a better product and, and offer so many like setup options. Yeah. Um, you get, you talk mainly to like Mike and Dan over there. Or? Um, Mike, Mike is like head nerd. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and they they t- they got to, they just started their own show. They talk about your uh, your stuff a bunch. So where am I going? Am I going to do ten? My phone's not telling me. Down. I don't think I'm going. Sorry, we're lost. <laughs> this is happening on the show. We've been on the four hundred five like for so long, but now it's like breaking up. I'm, I'm on. Uh, I'm on. Oh, it's a little. It's up a little ways. Looking for fourteen. So. Okay. I'm on radar cruise, which oh, yeah. is amazing. Uh, I think I'm on 14 over there. Yeah. We can follow this truck then. Um, so you were just saying that uh, you guys are bringing a lot of manufacturing in-house also. Yeah, so um, as anybody that's done any sort of like research on Fortunato or anybody that's been following us long enough or uh, takes the time to read the captions that I write on social media, uh, we harp pretty heavy on the fact that we are, it's a, it's a custom hand-built coilover. And right. Like you and I were talking about before we started recording. I didn't was, know everything was basically made to order. Yeah, everything is... We, we there's So, you know, if walking through our warehouse, like it looks like there's just sets inventoried ready to go, but they're not. Uh, every set pretty much essentially starts out as just all the components of a coilover, over 100 components uh, per shock. And think about that kind of spread out in front of the technician that's about to assemble it. And um, I haven't found a way to like word this correctly like in, in, in so on social media but we take a very similar approach to our coilovers the same way as like AMG does like it's like one man one engine right. um, we're the same way like one technician builds each shock of a set um, you know assembles the components um, you know we dyno test and match them um, on our motorsports line do you get put a sticker on that says like hand assembled uh, by Hans? Uh, so yeah, and, and yeah. So what we're actually thinking about doing is doing something more along the lines of AMG and each yeah. set coming with uh, 
with a badge with the with the technician's name on it. It's kind of a cool idea. Actually. But right now, what you get is a certificate of assembly, and it has the coilover, spe- you know, handwritten the coilover specs, the technician that did it, mm-hmm. the date they were built, um, and the the chassis they're for. So, um, so basically, if somebody wants to order a coilover and ha- coilovers from you guys and have them ASAP, there's only a few ways they can do it. And that's from dealers that did that already right we, stock do, we have a handful of dealers uh that do stocking orders our, so our buddy dewey's been on the show a few times and, uh, over at six star and they're, yeah. they're like a big subaru dealer for you guys yeah dewey's dewey's a hammer damn this radar dewey's, cruise is hammering dude, i love the fact that it's like <laughs> hammered down yeah all you gotta um, do is steer man i can no dewey dewey's rad uh, he does he does a lot uh with us and we've been working with him for a while on his race program and now also with six star um, and he moves a lot of products, so we really love working with him. But um, and I'm not sure if Six Star does stocking orders yet. But uh, yeah, we do have a handful of, of uh, dealers that will order. So if you look at our um, either of our websites, we have a main website like uh, to, that describes all of our products. We also have uh, our online store, which is uh, shop-fortune-auto.com. And if you go to our store and you go to 500 series for you know an EF Civic, and, and you scroll to the bottom where it uh, has a drop down for you to select spring rates. The pre-selected rates for each application are the recommended rates. Right. Um, but that only goes so far for, for like race cars or track cars, track cars, heavily modified stuff. cars, yeah. because our recommended rates um, are only shown on 500 series. Okay. And the reason is one of the main objectives of the 500 series is to replicate, if not in most cases, improve OEM ride quality, but still give you that adjustability, the the damping and, and ride out adjustability. Uh, of a coilover, so um, but with five ten series, uh, our dreadnought pro two and three way, even our super low our super low spec also comes with recommended rates um, because they're they're based on our five hundred series. Uh, it's uh, it's an overvalved five hundred series standard with swift springs and generally two k heavier rates with shorter bodies, shorter springs. Do you know how uh, how Fortune got started? Like, Man, I, I, I'm not going to do this story justice because I wasn't around at its conception. Um, but uh, Terry Awad, my boss, good friend, um, and and not I, I, I don't believe would be described as like a typical business owner. Like he's there every day with us. Like he's he doesn't have some big gnarly office on the third floor. We're all just like in this shared workspace. And, um, you know, he's always in the thick of it with us. Uh, he... Um, yeah, he, he got into, uh, from what, the best I can recollect, the many times I've had him tell the story, um, you know, he was he was doing uh, road racing of, of some level um, and decided that he could just build his own. Right. Um, and it kind of started there. And it was, uh, it, you know, Fortunato has always been um, in Richmond, Virginia, or right outside of Richmond, Virginia. Um and it's just kind of grown since then with the with that you know um, for enthusiast buy enthusiast yeah. approach and to, like the organic growth model of like we're not going to take a hundred million dollar loan for sure and buy twelve C containers worth of exactly worth of Chinese coilovers exactly not that uh, there's anything wrong with some Chinese coilovers because no no I mean I think again that's that and this is a whole other thing but like we we we're asked all the time hey how do you guys compare to brand X brand Y brand Z and I never, and literally never, do a side-by-side comparison, Fortunato versus anybody else, right. only because um, professional courtesy, like respect for the industry. Um, I think everybody's got a, a place in the industry. I think the, the pie's big enough for everybody to have a slice. 
and honestly, like, I mean, sure, there are bad products out there, but, um, you know, with all due respect, like, the coilover companies that we're being compared to, they don't make bad coilovers, but we can build you a better coilover for what you need. For a really um, similar pricing, a lot of those. For a similar pricing, um, in most cases, generally generally a bit higher. But As for listeners, like Swan has sort of like heavily sold me on the, for the last two hours. We've been hanging out in this stupid Dodge <laughs> minivan, and I'm like, "Wow, that's really cool! Wow, that's awesome! I didn't know that. It's been kind of fun." So it's, I was uh, like, "Why are we? Why haven't I ever been recording?" This? Yeah, I didn't know what you were doing. You're like when you asked for for Cone to hang you the bag, but yeah. that, no, it makes sense. Um, no, it's it's and it's it's an easy. Uh, thing to explain to to customers and, and well like high quality seals and high quality oil and a good monotube design right uh, like goes a long way regardless of who assembles it sure but like if you guys have the piston design that you like more and you have you're telling me about the the new uh, two ways and three ways that are uh, that are coming out and yeah um and we've seen some really good success in grid life time attack with uh sean krebsbeck's on dreadnoughts yep. and uh Pro Awesome, obviously, is one of the fastest guys ever around Gingerman. I think they were like one tenth behind uh, Will's record or something yeah. uh, on like uh, a blown diff and uh, a mediocre track. Yeah. Um, and like 400 horsepower because the car just was it was doing Evo things. Right. Uh, but so there, it's like it's a proven coilover in my mind. Like we're seeing really really fast guys uh, on these coilovers. Um, well, I, I think and I think that that is credit to. The fact that again, it, it, when because because in you know this this day and age in 2021 or even for the past four or five years, every coilover is custom now, right? Like right. you, it doesn't matter if, anything if, good. It, well, I mean, even still, like you could be looking to spend 800 bucks on a set of coilovers, and they'll call it custom just because oh, yeah, they've yeah, got yeah, a sur- they got a surplus of springs, but they're going to put it on a shock that's not built for that spring. Or that's not valved for the application. Or it's or their the, only shock. Exactly. Um, so, and that's in. So that, that's kind of where you and I got started on the subject was talking about you know my my next. So my main role at Fortunato is social media management and, and content creation, and uh, alongside my friend uh, Fizzy. And uh, a great yeah, yeah. Um, so so again, uh, Fizzy. He uh, he does. Uh, a ton of stuff at Fortune, far beyond just the marketing stuff. But as far as like how him and I work together, he'll he'll shoot and edit um, the videos and, and the majority of the photos that we use in house. Um, I'll post them. I'll write the captions. I'll manage the posts and, and interact with uh, our followers and things like that. But um, we've we've really uh, kind of came through the past couple of years and leaps and bounds on Instagram and. and we're approaching 100,000 followers, which is a really big thing for us. I mean, um, well, yeah, being, I mean, being such a small company. Yeah, you're just a bunch of dudes building coilovers. Yeah, in so Virginia. it's cool to be approaching 100K. So the next project for us is YouTube, and, and I want to 180 back to what we're talking about. The reason I want to go into YouTube is not to jump on the YouTube train and become these internet celebrities or anything like that or even monetize. We want to utilize YouTube because, yes, Fortunato is a custom coilover and it is hand built. That's all like pretty general knowledge now. But I, I believe our clients, our customers, our followers uh, have come have become a little jaded on that, and they don't really know what it means because so many other coilover companies claim to be custom and um, even again built by hand. But so so many of them, not all of them, but so many of them 
aren't they aren't building shocks. They're like I said, they're just throwing a, a different spring rate onto a shock body and sending the set out and calling it custom. And um, that they're not wrong by saying that, but yeah, putting one of three different top pads on it. Right. Good. Exactly. Yeah. So with us, like I said, it starts out as and when I say like when it starts out as as all the components, that's internal components. That's stuff you guys are never going to see inside the shock, uh, the shim stacks and, and the piston. You know, we have a piston variation between our 502s and our 510 series and. Um, you and I were kind of talking about earlier our CFD piston, our, our, our ultra digressive CFD piston, uh, which creates this massive range of damping force adjustment and virtually eliminates the need to revalve uh, when you're changing spring rates uh, compared to like a conventional shock or even our own 500 series, which is a less digressive but Unless still you do digressive. Like double the spring rate kind of changing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you like like I was saying, like generally eight to ten k uh, change in spring rate is totally accommodated by the CFD yeah. piston, uh, which will be fa- which is found in our 510 series, which is what you're getting, uh, which is what Abe is getting. Um, Sully's getting them for his S2000, Chris Sullivan. Uh, talking to Cone earlier today about his S2000, we'll be setting him up with 500 to 510s, one of the two. My M3 that I've put 20,000 miles on in less than a year on a 510 series, which is a race shock, but it's also usable for the street. Um, and our, fi- our, our dreadnought line of two ways and three ways are built off of our 510 series. And it's not like we have uh, a dreadnought department. We literally take a standard lower mount uh, because the it's vast- a monotube, right? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, you got a shock body and you start building off of uh, the one for the car. Right. Yeah. And the uh, and then even like the lower. So because the majority of our stuff is not inverted uh, with our two ways and three ways the lines for the canisters uh, protrude from the lower mounts. Right. Uh, we, mach- we machine those lower mounts in-house. So everything's upgradable, too. Everything's modular. Oh, really? So if, like, let's say that your EF, years ago, you started out with a set of 500 series, and the car got more competitive. It got lighter. It got more aero. We went to a 510. You send the 500s back, we rebuild them into 510s. So we, it's the same, same body and everything? Um, same body. Yeah, yeah, we take the guts. We upgrade everything to 510. Even the mounts. If the mounts are in good enough shape, Interesting. Um, we keep the same mounts. Um, you know the spring rates of, or the springs, of course, will change. And, and over the years, we've run our seventh generation of coolover. But over seven generations, we've changed our the design of our everything. Honestly, um, from Gen One to now is completely different. But for the past two or three generations, um, you know we can we can uh, rebuild and service and even upgrade a Gen Four coilover into a Gen Seven. Um, and like I said, five hundred series to five ten. Uh, 510 to two-way or three-way, super low spec. We can add our air piston lift system. We can do all that in-house with the $1,400 set of 500 series you bought a year or two ago. And can, you're never really in a position where you're forced to buy a whole new set of coilers. Right, and sell your used ones for half what you paid for. Right, and right. And for anybody that does have, like, generation one or two or maybe three, I don't think we service three anymore, but we do have, like, a trade-in program for that as well. Interesting. So I just dealt with this uh, yesterday before I left the office. A customer has probably 10-year-old 500 series on a, on a Subaru, and they've just had it. I mean, and that's just what happens. It's not a bad product, but they've just been used up. They probably got 100,000 BM yeah, miles. Yeah, and, and they look like it, too. And we can't service them. I, I, got, I got nothing for them. But what we, what we will do is we will credit him um, about 800 bucks. Wow. And uh, he pays the remainder and gets uh, the difference between that and a new set. Right. And uh, gets a brand new set of 
Gen 7 500 series. That's kind of rad. So, and, and then he sent us his old ones back, and, you know, that's that. Yeah, and you put them in the museum. Yeah, yeah, we hang them on the wall. We put, we put them in the... We put them in the Look what uh, this the, dummy did to these Subaru yeah, pullovers. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, my uh, gosh, I think that's a possum skull dent. He must have hit something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's really it's a cool uh, it's a cool company that we've seen grow even in the past six or eight years since I've I, I basically found out what Fortune was eight years ago maybe. When, yeah, you uh, were saying you because I, I sent you a photo of the EG our yeah, old EG. That was the first time I saw the the name. And yeah. that was Todd Reed's car yep. at the time. I think he doesn't own it, but he still drives it, uh, and it's got the cool old like ten year old uh, logo. Which yeah, our I first wanted. logo. So I, I had those stickers made up again uh, for my. Cars. And you're the and you're the only one to uh, to get the permission from us to use the old logo, which <laughs> in a different I'm, color, so. which I'm also super pumped on. I think it's going to fit your car perfectly. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to try them and compare them to the shocks that I have. I really like. They're, right. They're Whitener Racing Revalve Bilsteins. Like they are not. They're not slouchy shocks at all. Um, and, but that's uh, why I was so nervous yeah. to set you up. I mean, not not that I'm giving... Like, I know I'm giving you a better product that's got more life in it and yeah. way more setup. But at the same time, like, uh, uh, something else you and I were talking about earlier is, like, it's... Because I deal mostly with drift drivers and drift programs. Right. Road racers are so particular. They're You're, you're very... Don't fix it unless it's broken. Right. And... Yeah, you were talking about... Uh, you had talked to uh, some GLTC drivers about... Uh, a couple in particular uh, of GLTC drivers and said, hey, hey, would you be interested in trying out some of our socks? And they're like, no, I really like what I got. Yeah, they were they were Which, super appreciative and, and polite, yeah. but they're like, no, what I got works. And, yeah. you know, I, but I understand it's about lap times, it's about drivability, and it's about, you know, having the, the car do what you want it to do and be predictable. Right. Um, yeah, I, like, I love how my car drives. Right. Um, there are sometimes, because my, my, my shocks are basically built for an old rule set that doesn't exist in NASA anymore. Right. Uh, like, he bought a set of, like, really super pimp three-ways, adjusted them the way he wanted them for given applications, like an autocross spec and a road race spec. Right. And then dynoed them on the shock dyno he bought, and then spent, like, a week trying to replicate that same curve in, like, $35 bill states. Right. Which is a brilliant way to, like, get around the adjustable penalty in whatever class, you know. Right. Uh, and still have a really good shock. Uh, but it's also like that's kind of defeats the purpose of even having that rule, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I, there's been times on track where I'm like, I really wish I could do s- this different a little bit, you yeah. know, just a tiny bit. So it'll be kind of interesting to have a, a similar like base curve and then go uh, up or down a little bit in rebound damping. So, yeah, um, and, I'm excited and, to play with the with the knobs and screw them up. So. And with this year, uh, more more so this season than ever before for me, I'm I'm doing more direct work with uh you know oh <laughs> it wants to crash into this truck <laughs> um i'm doing more and more work with uh you know road race drivers hpde gltc time attack guys right and um like i was saying like uh no disrespect to the drift community when i say this but like you offer uh, a drift driver or a drift program something for free they take it they want right. it they want all the support they can get but with with road racers you know, like I said, you know, they don't want to fix what's not, you know, what's not broken. If, and, yeah, if they know it and they like it, like it's, uh, it's it might be tough to try something new. Right, I mean, and the, and the so there for sure. so for you to 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 take that chance and, and to go with a new setup, that's why I say I'm I'm excited but also nervous for you to get your set because I'm gonna take them to Gingerman where I mean I could put pieces of two by four in there and probably keep it right. on the wall. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm excited to do a test day with them. Um, yeah. So. Well, uh, like you're, you really more come from the drift world, right. and obviously, 
you work at you've worked at Fortune a couple of times now. You also worked at Turn Fourteen doing uh, stuff there. Yeah. Uh, so you've been in like that world professionally for a while. How did you get into cars? Like, how did you? You've worked with us at big events for what four years? This is my sixth. Six year old? Yeah. How many years yeah. have we been doing Six. this thing? Come yeah. on, how many years is Grid Life old? <laughs> I want to say you're eight. Eight? Yeah. That's weird. So I think I've been doing. I think I've been doing it six. We did what? Well, we did Atlanta for four. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So that's a beer. Six so year yeah. Though. So six year. Um, how did you get into uh, what you do? Yeah, in I was. Cars? I was born into it. Honestly, like my yeah. my dad was never like a racer. My dad, you know, barely even had projects, but he totally encouraged it. He was. He's. He's always had. He's like a car curious type. Yeah, he's always had an appreciation for it. He's always been very, very hands on. My dad's very much the guy that's like, try it. Like if something breaks, try to fix it. Like everything's there, just take it apart, put it back together in the same order, and fix what's wrong. A lot of people don't do that nowadays. No, and 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 I still talk to. I was honestly, I was just talking to him about this this past week. How how I really appreciate how he taught me and raised me. And 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 what's funny is like I hate working on cars like I absolutely loathe working on cars <laughs> it kind of can suck sometimes but if I have to or if I choose to I'm not intimidated by it right. just because of the way he taught me but again like you know we never had like particularly fast cars in the family or like race car projects or anything like that in the garage um, he's actually more of a, of a motorcycle rider he's He's been, uh, he didn't ride while I was growing up just because of safety stuff. But once I was, uh, more grown up, he got back into motorcycles and that, that's, that's his niche. But, um, yeah, when, the, when I had a daughter, uh, my cage got real ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Real it ridiculous. changes everything apparently. So, um, but, uh, I think the, the, when the, when the switch was flipped, it was 2001, 2000, 2001, um, of course, this was like early internet days. This was before you could really be self-taught about sports cars. It's before it, it wasn't nearly as easy. It was, and nothing was as accessible as it is now. So even I remember even looking at like going to like tuner shops and touching D- yeah. like yeah. like like uh, uh, option magazines and seeing drift cars and like oh so yeah, that's this, what it's like this magazine you hadn't seen you're like right. so you sit there for two hours and the guy just is like hey why don't you give me five dollars for that you punk right yeah <laughs> and, and and but it, for me like so i remember like looking at the jic magic rx8 yeah and i was like man like why why isn't that over here like when is it going to catch on and but anyway um i'll never forget like it was it was uh like yeah 2000 2001 and my dad's like hey there's this race in atlanta in, in, in October, it was like September, October, and he's like, we're going to go this year, I got tickets, we're going to go, and it's like sports cars, it's it's called Petit Le Mans, oh, and, really? it's, and it's like, it, it means like small Le Mans, like it's like, it's like, yeah. it's an endurance race, I didn't know, I, I him didn't, and I were fans of Le Mans racing, um, you and, knew what pro racing was, but like, yeah, I know, we were totally up to date on that, and like, because we would watch these, and this was like speed channel days, right, oh, like yeah. speed vision, speed channel, we would watch IMSA. We would watch uh, like sports car racing and, and um, the you know what what was then the American Le Mans series, Australian V8 Supercars. I always gravitated to that more so than like NASCAR, mm-hmm. only because I thought they looked cooler. I just thought it was. I, yeah. I love. It's more of like a real car. Too. Man, I love race cars built like designed over street cars, um, or designed based on street cars. But um, so yeah, he got his tickets to go to the American to uh, Petit Le Mans ALMS in 2000, 2001 and we did we did the whole weekend man we camped um and it was so cool like the fan accessibility at that at, at those races was like you could 
besides getting in the car and driving it, you get as close as you wanted. The pits were open. That is the cool thing about uh, that track too, is you can like walk right up to the edge of the track because there's a big catch fence, you know, and, everywhere. And, and I got I got jaded early on because the first real track I ever went to was Road Atlanta, yeah. and um, you know it wasn't until later that I when I started working in motorsports that I went to other tracks and I was like, oh, this just isn't Road Atlanta is so special. Um, it's a nightmare to work with, as we know. <laughs> it can it's be an tough. absolute nightmare to work with, but yeah. it, that was a... That oh, piece it, of asphalt is special. That's what I tell everybody. The right. best thing about Red Atlanta is the asphalt itself. Yeah. and It's real magical. I actually like had a moment. Um, the like first year that we were all there, uh, I called my dad. After we finished the first drift session, I called my dad before I got off the track. And uh, it was so cool that where I got into cars... Yeah was where I ended up working because you guys allowed me to do that. So a, was, that was a that was a wild first event. Man, it was like it was like a it was a it was a tearjerker moment for me. Um Dude, I wild felt, first event, wild last event. Yo, wow. the last Dude, uh, yeah. yeah, the last I'm, event I'm, was pretty wild. <laughs> I'm just talking about sketchy bros. Uh, yeah. 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 We we did push the limits on darkness on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. last that was in the in the, the little bit of driving that we did uh, at, at, at sundown. Yeah, the footage was so good. Oh, right? so cool. So good. So uh, Dustin in race control. Yeah. Um, he probably. Uh, I'm sure his bosses won't hear this, but uh, he definitely didn't have anything to do with this. Cross, uh, you know, like I, I swear, cross my heart, hope to die. Okay. Uh, he definitely didn't encourage it, mm-hmm. but there was some really upper management that was real mad at us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not Dustin's fault. But uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Rules are made to be broken. Well, Dude, the RV game in There LA is some is crazy 1992 yep. RVs here, man. Why does everything have grid life colors on it? Yeah, faded too. Yeah, super faded. Super faded. Yeah. We, um, we, were, we were riding around LA, like waiting for Cone for half an hour, and then we were looking for uh, In and Out, and we had to go to race service to pick up stuff that uh, Chris forgot. And the whole time we're like, damn, check out that sick car that you haven't seen in 32 years. Everything's so like, preserved. Everything is so perfect. Because we saw, what did we see? The a, Geo Prism. Yeah, a Metro. The Metro. Uh, two examples, two great examples on either end of the spectrum of a Toyota, like T100. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many old pickups. Too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of dig uh, the back corners of LA. It's pretty yeah. rad. But, uh, but yeah, that was it for me. Like, uh, Dad and I went to Petit Le Mans for like three consecutive years. That flipped the switch a little bit. Um, and at that point, it was this weird moment of like reality. I was like, man, I'm never going to drive one of these cars. But I was like immediately okay with it. I go, I just want to be involved. But also at the time, I knew that I like romantically loved drifting. Um, what? So what was the first time you saw drifting? Formula D round one, season one. Rotary really? Atlanta. Yeah, 2004. The first one? First, first time I ever saw cars drifting in person. You were um, there. Yeah, again, because it was Road Atlanta. Cool. So I'm originally from Nashville, born and raised in Nashville. Right. So I was, you know, four, four or five hours from uh, Atlanta. Was that the first place they did an event? Yep. What? So, well, so Formula D, um, and again, this is a story I'm probably going to miss some facts on, but yeah. uh, to my recollection, Slipstream Global was the, the outfit that... Uh, that uh, Jim and Ryan, the founders of Formula D, wore, had, right. um, and at the time, and I believe it was like oh two oh three ish. D one Japan and came to America. Um, Slipstream uh, did a uh, they they partnered with them somehow. Like they were involved. Like maybe they they facilitated it or or, or organized the event mm-hmm. with D one at Irwindale. 
and D1 did D1 versus US, which is what Vaughn was one of the coolest things Vaughn's ever done. Vaughn right. won beat beat D1 drivers in a D1 event on US soil yeah. with a Mustang of all things. Right. It was sick. Like a, the, um, what there was like an 03 generation, which he still has, which yeah. I think is so cool. If you look at it's Vaughn stuff, he, like that's like trophy stuff. Like he has the car that he yeah. won D1 with, but. Uh, from the, I, th- I think there was like discussion where they were trying to bring D1 to the US uh, as a partnership with with Jim and Ryan's company at the time. Okay. Um, again, like I'm probably missing a lot of information here, but this is I think this, this is, is like, like the, 20 years ago. Stuff. That's the craziest thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, this was like early internet days, so this is still like reading magazines days. And I remember like being at my like dodo like first job, like working on a Saturday, flipping through like. Sport Compact Car Magazine, yep. RIP, which was the best car best magazine, magazine ever. ever. Um, and there's, like, these full-page ads for Formula D, you know, like, American Drift Series. And I and I was like, man, this is going to be corny. We're not right. going to be able to do this well. And, uh, like, the, the imagery for it was so sick. And um, it was uh, – I, I can't remember how many rounds were in the first year, but round one of year one was at Road Atlanta. And I was like, screw it. So I rounded up my homies. We road tripped down. That's, uh, that's where I met Jared for the first. I didn't meet Jared, but uh, Jared's there with his like mono lens, like big, like early two thousand style sunglasses <laughs> and like spiky hair and camo shorts, and he's like handing out Gumball three thousand stickers. And Taka Iona's there with uh, um, with uh, like a couple of eighty eighty sixes and uh, uh, um, man, I wish uh, Tarzan Yamada had this. Yeah decommissioned JGTC Viper on no. street tires. Really? Competing and I remember it actually competed against Taka's Corolla. So it was like a 600 horsepower car with like a gnarly like 300 millimeter tire versus yeah. a 190 horsepower Corolla on like 205s. That's wild. Um, and uh, Forsberg. So this is why Chris Forsberg was, is always, Forsberg's always going to be my favorite FD driver because I his early cars were my favorite he was driving a motor x sponsored um and signal auto sponsored silver 350z with an sr20 in it really um that's cool because it was early 350z days they couldn't really get dependable power out of the vq from what i understand right so they and signal already had like a other sr swap to z so they went that route and, uh, I was at Motorex before they closed one. Yeah, Mo- yeah, Motorex. Yeah, um, I was there, and like in their dying days. Yeah, uh, it was a weird vibe there. I'm sure. But, yeah. yeah, I always thought I, I just thought it was so cool that to see a DRFT uh, arrow, right. like DRFT body kit, Signal Auto, Motorex, all this branding, like racing heart wheels. Right. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Forsberg was on Falcon that year too. Like that. Um, but either way. To see all that and with back, an American driver, and yeah. Back then, this is like club racing. Like, yeah, they probably towed on an open trailer or a borrowed trailer. Like, this wasn't pro level anything. Dude, I'm I challenge anybody that 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 wants to go back and see what drifting was like, because uh, this was like the early days of Drift Alliance too. Like, Drift Alliance is still a thing. Like, it's still it's still a logo. It's still a, it's still a, a a vibe. Like Vaughn, Ryan, uh, Chris, Tony Angelo. Uh, yeah, but Tony Angelo was like the founder of it yeah. and I believe if, if I'm telling Jared's story right Jared is actually the one that named Drift Alliance it was the name was Dr- Jared's idea really because it was I think it was originally ECDA it was East Coast Drift Alliance okay. and it got simplified to Drift Alliance but anyway I believe at a uh, year like that that year 04 maybe it was 05 
the whatever car Tony brought, maybe there was an issue with it, but if you watch the footage, he's competing in Formula D in an, uh, like a, like a uh, S13 coupe with like a factory passenger seat, like a super simple roll cage, really? like maybe like a roll bar. I don't That's know. Wild. <laughs> but it was like these, were, like an SR powered car, like probably 300 horsepower, mm-hmm. running Road Atlanta, like the cars that it was like Dave Coleman's project car uh, from from Sport Compact Car back then. 100 percent, super basic, super basic. That's rad. But it's like a lot of the cars that you and I will, or us three, like Cone, even like. We'll see in our applications for grid life. Be like, nope, that car's not safe enough or like fast enough. <laughs> Those were FD cars. That's crazy. We're turning down cars that used to be like FD yeah, cars for the big events. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. Uh, how wow, simple. it's crazy to think about. And the range of cars too. Like I said, like seeing, uh, you know, a, a, a sub two hundred horsepower Corolla go against a, a decommissioned race car trim Viper. Right. Uh, but even Braille Racing had their remember the rear wheel drive ITR. Yes. That I saw that car. Um, I saw it do a burnout. I don't think I think it broke something. That was a long time ago. Yeah, but I remember he did the parade lap and did a, a burnout. And I go, that's enough for me. That's, that's cool. cool to see that happen. First road event because it was because the the B series was still horizontally mounted. It was a right. CRB drivetrain, right. just with the back end. Sands the, the front yeah. the front axles. Yeah, so uh, a lot of cool stuff back then because a lot like any race series, the rules. Uh, they they weren't curated to what they are now. So yeah, like no, you just start from yeah, zero. It was almost. it was it wasn't quite run what you brung, but it was close enough for pro drifting. And watching yeah. going back and watching footage from dude like 06 Soldier Field where you guys are from, like yeah. watching this parking lot. First off, watching FD in a parking lot. Right. But watching them in tandem practice. Mac, uh, didn't yeah, Matt of, Matt Williams drove in that too. Yeah. Yeah. One of our uh, Sunday Cup competitors, yeah. Mike Fit competitors, yeah. drove in that event. Because you could. It was that accessible. That, was, that was D1, I think. Oh, the D1 Underground yeah. Series. I yeah. was there for that, too. Yeah, I was I was working with the Grassroots Series. Did FD do, go in Chicago, too? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I so I went to D, I went to Soldier Field for FD in 07, I think. Right. Um, but before, th- uh, or and, but after that. Cool venue I, at the lake right there, too. Yeah, super cool venue, um, especially for, like, a parking lot event. D one really set up well though. I, I think D one was 09. Um, I went. I at, that was 09 was like my first real year of getting my feet wet with like working and drifting. Right. I was working. I, I was living in Indianapolis. I was working with uh, a group of guys that are still around, still thriving, still doing rad, rad events. Drift Indy. Yep. Uh, even though they're Drift Indy, they're doing all of their events at Killcare Raceway in uh, Dayton Xenia area in Ohio. Right. right. Which is a really rad track too, uh, but my first, yeah, my 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 uh, intro into all this was working alongside Edgar, Tr, Aaron, uh, all these all these guys that were uh, that are you know that are still a part of it, um, and we did a uh, our drift indie season. D one did their underground like talent search, and we were talking about Derek King earlier in the FB that he's built for GLTC. Derek King was like our our hero he was our celebrity driver and really Mike Pollard who's still around uh, he was there like all these uh, Drift Indy based drivers um, went to D1 and, and to see our boys go up against Team Orange and, and UAO and all these like uh, like iconic cars and drivers from Japan was really really rad yeah that is cool and and the driving there was still cool like going back and looking at the footage it was still a cool event but looking at FD from like 04 till about 08, 09. Like, particularly, I, I remember going back and watching a episode of, like, 
FD Soldier Field, and there's a half a lap between the lead and follow car. Really? <laughs> and they're still judging it as like a tandem. Like, yeah, that's not close. It's crazy how it's changed. Now it's like five feet's too much. I'm yeah, sure. it's like, yeah. If you get five feet, it's an active chase thing, something like yeah. that. So it's just crazy to see the progression of it. But yeah, anyway, Fortunato Coolovers, man, go buy some. Of this <laughs> I think we pretty much did a show. Yeah. Um, what uh, I got one more question. Like, you've worked with uh, a lot of orgs, and then you also do basically like fun run stuff with us. Yeah. Um, what uh, like, what do you like doing more? Is it is competition more fun, or is it fun to just like basically throw a drift party? Like, uh, yeah, competition is never more fun. It's never more fun. Stressful. It's it's not it's not even stressful. It's just like, well, okay. So recently, I told because competition in grid life has me a lot more stressed than like HPD and drift fun. Right. Yeah. As it should, because but. because. You know, there's you need to determine a winner or a loser. You need right. to determine all these things and be able to explain to people what they did wrong. Whatever I don't know, but like recently, I told a team that's a part of another series that I won't mention their names. Uh, we we were negotiating on getting me to run their grid for a competition series this year. Right. Uh, it's a series that I worked for last year, but uh, because of some schedule conflicts with uh, Grid Life and uh, Holly LS Fest, I was only able to commit to a few of their events rather than the entire season. So I ended up not working for them. No bad blood. But I told him, I go, hey, man, like, don't worry about it. Because literally you can train a, an eight to run grid, like, for, <laughs> for competition. Right. Because it's literally, it's two cars that you, you know, green, like, red means stop, green means go. Make sure nobody jumps the line. Like, it's super simple. And I actually ended up going to their first event. Right. Uh, to help with the driver, not the series. And they had like five people operate, like trying to operate grid and like yeah. rotating. But then I was like, man, I did, I do that by myself during competition. I have to have, Conan and I have a great system for grid life. Um, but it's not as fun because for me, it's not as challenging. I think what's cool about for me, for grid life, uh, one of the most humbling things is like in the past at, at Atlanta, was usually during like the one of the last sessions on Saturday, usually Sunday sessions, you guys would come to Grid to watch yeah, from Grid. I love that. Uh, and everybody always says it's so cool to watch me work, and that's really humbling because like I I look at it like in a in a situation like Grid Life in a in a, in a party environment, I'm like an orchestrator. Yeah, and you're also the dad a little bit. Right, <laughs> and, and and but I'm telling drivers yeah, when to yeah. go, and I'm pairing certain cars up and yeah. sending cars together and holding cars at certain times because of how it translates on track right. and the show that it puts on. Yeah, because the most accurate uh, way to describe this is like Guitar Hero. Right. <laughs> so you see the things moving down the line. Yeah. You see the chords before they get to you. Okay. Those you are pre-plan. I that. see that before the drivers do. Yeah. So as a driver. You're sitting there and you're looking at me or the car's in front of you. You don't know what's behind you, but I do. Right. So when drivers put absolute faith in me to, hey, I promise I'm going to do what's best for you and the show. If a driver doesn't like it on track, nine times out of ten in the on the like in the pits later, they'll come to me and thank me right. because of how rad it looked or how much fun they had. Right. Because I see them. Because I see those cords. I see those cars coming down the line. and I know what's going to work. Yeah. Uh, but in competition, no. It's like two cars that are predetermined based on qualifying you line them up you send them 
And then when that's true, you don't have any, you don't, you don't no, get to, I'm, you don't get to cultivate it at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and any, I hadn't thought about that. But that's why I wanted to ask you that. And any time that I'm I'm asked to do a competition event, I'll most of the time I'll be like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll go, I'll do this, but. Not long after I start doing it for them, I tell them, hey, man, I'm kind of being underutilized here. Like, anybody can be trained to run a competition grid. I know operations. Like, if, if the series I was talking about, if I was going to work for them this year, it was going to be just grid. Right. It was going to be, like, on-track operations from corner workers to grid to pre-grid before the burnout box to, you know, like, because in competition you have five-minute timeouts, you have people need to be their cars need to be checked you have one more time so you have all this stuff yeah, yeah. all these moving parts and I was going to manage that because uh, after Drift Indy after a couple years as Drift Indy um, that's when the FD the Formula Drift Pro-Am uh, program really kind of took off and became a regional thing and uh, Drift Indy created the Midwest Drift Union and that was our Formula Drift Pro-Am series that we ran for almost a decade that long, I don't know. yeah. I think it was eight, yeah. maybe nine years. I I think I I missed the last year right. of of MDU because I had uh, I had moved um, to uh, well I was working at Fortunato, right? Um, but um, but anyway, I, yeah, I did I did eight of the nine or seven of the eight years we did, and of those years, I started out doing grid. I moved into judging. I judged for a season or two, and then. Uh, by the end of it, for the second, the, for the last half of my time there, I was operations manager. So it wasn't just on grid. Um, but I, cause I remember like coming back to grid with grid life, I was super nervous. I was like, man, I forgot how to do this. Right. And, but, and not to mention grid life is just a completely different animal in itself. Um, but now I've built this new style of, of running grid. And, um, what's really nice is like, because I came into this like just me, myself, and I, and I got to know everybody. And Cone and I, I think Cone's thing was like, "Hey, I want to be out there with you." I said, like, "Yeah, cool, come hang." Right. And then yeah, it, it originally just started as I knew you as a buddy. Yeah. And I was like, "I want to go see what you do up there." Yeah. And then and then coming to hang out up on grid turned out to being on grid. Yeah. And then that turned into I've got way too many radios with Road Atlanta talking to me well, and you talking to me and. It's, then it was that first year at Road Atlanta where oh. I was talking to you, Adam. Yeah. Uh, we could, like, visually see each other, but right. we are looking at two different halves of the track. And we were also trying to keep, like, uh, dummies from jumping on the track, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, a couple and, times we've had to hold track for dummies. But. And, and in that sense, like, Cohen kind of became, like, my spotter. Right. And um, you really, especially when it's so loud and, like... You have to have somebody else out there. And, and I'm always talking to drivers, too. Like, drivers are always, hey, I want to follow this guy, or hey, I'm overheating. Like, I'm on grid. I'm constantly, and, and you know this, like, from, from the pits, like, before you send cars, drivers are always want to talk to you, and they have helmets, right. and the cars are loud, so I can't wear a headset. Right. And yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, like, little hurdles to jump over that make it uh, a thing. Yeah. It's, so to it's have. Not, it's not, it doesn't just happen. So to have, and, and, and not to mention, like, yeah. corner workers, like, Traditional corner workers are always talking on the radio. Always. So if it's if especially I especially in drift because they don't actually have that much to do. So like, right. oh, that was cool. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and if I hear someone on the radio, I hold track. Hey, right. was that for me? So yeah, that's where that's where Cone really like is super valuable. Like he's got the radio, he's listening, and when someone you or anybody says, hey, hold track, it's a car off or whatever, he tells me, hey, hold track, and yeah, um, just big time buffer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like a super helpful. And when he thumbs up to me, like when I get a thumb up, thumbs up from him, like 
It's just hot track. Like, right. It's just car after car. And you're just telling them who goes when and right. Yeah, and and like I said, like after the first session, I've got a pretty a pretty good idea of like, all right, this guy probably doesn't need to have too many cars behind him because he's not a good person to follow. Or um, yeah, you, know, you got to see the driver's strengths and weaknesses and uh, and build the show kind of around. That. Yeah, and then also like it's got to be fun for them and for the spectators too. Yeah, exactly. And then I see like if if I've got if I've got like a gnarly three or four car lineup in the pro line, right? And I see more cars coming back to grid from a lap. I'll hold them. I'll stack up the good stuff. Send some buffer cars. Like right. it's all just like yeah. It's 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 like uh, yeah. It's like uh, Guitar Hero, man. It's it's, it's been uh, it's been I guess a fun six years. Yeah. Uh, and and we yeah we've worked. Uh, I think we've learned to work pretty well together. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's uh, I'm looking forward to, to tomorrow. We're doing like a Thursday kind of media buddy day basically at Willow Springs and Horsey Mile and Balcony. So. Um, but yeah, we definitely just made a big show. We have 44 minutes. It's not bad. I gotta, I gotta call Chris back. He keeps bugging me. Um, where do people find out more about Fortune Auto? Um, so yeah, like I said, we have two. We have two websites. Uh, www.fortune-auto.com is our main site. That's our. That's our. You'll find all the descriptions there. If you're on a desktop, you'll see an application list with um, spring rate, spring rate recommendations and yeah. bio on the product and uh, digs in deep on like the custom and the modular and the rebuildable aspects of the coolovers. Um, and at the bottom of every page, 500 series, 510 series, dreadnought, whatever, there's a, a buy now link. And that takes you to our store, which is shop-fortune-auto.com. And uh, that's where you'll find direct links to to purchase. Because we don't do any, like, over-the-phone orders or, or anything like that. It's, you know, if you called us and for whatever reason you wanted us to place your order, we're going to do it through our website anyway. Right. So, um, and when you order a set of coolers, you have all those drop downs in the bottom for custom spring rates and, um, you know, additional add ons, uh, with the, our service form is all there. We have a spring selector form. If you don't know what spring rates you need, um, but also like sales at fortune auto.com. That's, that goes to, uh, our main hub and it's, it's dispersed out to, to the department that needs it. Um, and, uh, yeah, 10 to six every day, Eastern standard time, uh, 877-227-0260. You can always call us to, uh, you know, ask questions or, or anything like that. Check on order status, stuff like that. Yeah. I think you actually did make a slip angle, uh, coupon code too. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So in there and I think it was 5% off. So. Yeah. Yeah. Slip angle, all caps, slip angle at checkout, uh, at shop dash fortune dash auto. Uh, dot com see is, if any of our nerds buy some coilovers yeah because that's the thing about discount codes I want to track to see who's getting yeah. all the attention but it it's right like 5% doesn't sound like a lot but like I, I can't remember I think it's, it's like 100 180 120 I think, I think 500 coil. series it's up to like 90 bucks off yeah um, I think 510 series it's up to up to 130 off super low specs up to 105 110 bucks off uh, which is more than shipping so you're you know you're saving even more than your shipping costs. So yeah, I've, I've um, been uh, I've been uh, kind of excited about it. I'll be reporting back on the five tens. We should do a follow up like little segment of an Absolutely. episode too. I want to hear what you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll call you on the way home from the track. Perfect. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, and uh, as always, our show is uh, proudly assisted into uh, its existence by our buddies over at uh, Apex Pro, ApexTrackCoach.com, FCP Euro, uh, with their lifetime parts guarantee. And, uh, and we really appreciate uh, the ever-growing and awesome Patreon listeners. So I'm going to turn this thing off. We're going to Streets of Willow. Uh, we'll see you guys soon.
Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Gridlife and say hello. Thank you.